Hello dorks, welcome back to another episode of Nalian Talks Anime, this time talking about Tokyo Revengers Episode 4, Return. This episode, they really start to dial things up, so there is a lot to talk about, so hopefully this video won't end up being too long. The start of this episode confirms what we've already kind of seen about the personality of young Hina. Hina is somebody who's going to do what's right whenever she can. If she sees somebody in trouble, she's going to help them. If she sees somebody being mean, she's going to tell them to stop. We've already seen small bits of this personality trait that she has. The first time that we probably saw this was when she was promising Takamichi that she would be there to protect him. And then the second time being when she actually followed up on that promise and slapped Mikey across the face when he was trying to take Takamichi out of school. This time, however, she stands up for somebody who's not Takamichi. On their way to school, Takamichi and Hina notice a group of boys on the train who are making a lot of noise and taking up a lot of space and are just generally disturbing many of the passengers on the train. Without a warning, Hina walks right up to those boys and tells them to stop taking up so much room to allow an old lady who was standing nearby to sit down. And she says it with a lot of confidence and authority and the boys just move right over and they stop talking. Then she switches back to more of a kind voice and thanks the boys for moving and then shows the old woman down to her now open seat. She then drags Takamichi back to her place so that they can do some studying. And this is where we start to get a lot of interesting information. The bit that I found the most interesting out of this scene is the fact that Naoto doesn't like his dad. Mostly because their dad isn't around much because he's a police officer. However, after Takamichi saved Naoto in this now new timeline, um, Naoto now wants to be like his dad and become a police officer. Which we know now happens because of the whole reason why Takamichi is going back in the first place. However, Hina does not ever say that Naoto now likes their dad. All she ever says is that Naoto now wants to be just like their dad. Meaning that Naoto could still not like their dad very much, but still want to become a police officer. This little bit of information from Hina made me wonder if Naoto's now dead predecessor is his father, or their father. Assuming that Naoto never really ever got around to liking his father, it would make sense on why Naoto didn't really talk about his dead, his dead predecessor coldly, but didn't talk about his predecessor fondly either. And this could still give a little bit of extra motivation for why Naoto may want Takamichi to go back and change how the Tokyo Manji gang now operates. If he could save both his sister and his father, even though he doesn't really like his father all that much. Another little bit of an interesting thing that happens during the scene is that Hina talks about how Takamichi has changed. Uh, she says how he's just become more mature and a little bit more nice. Which really goes to show how awful Takamichi is at hiding the fact that he's from the future. It's a good thing Nato didn't tell him any of the winning lottery numbers during this year, because otherwise Takamichi would have accidentally said it walking to school. Shortly after, some fireworks start going off, and they walk up to the roof of the building to watch the fireworks, and that's when Takamichi decides to make a move on Hina and grab her hand for this really nice and romantic moment. Takamichi gets ready to deliver a wonderful, romantic one-liner to Hina, and that's when he looks over 
and instead of Hina's hand, it seems that he has actually grabbed little Naoto's hand. And after a couple of awkward glances are exchanged between the two, Takamichi then remembers that the handshake is a trigger that sends him in between the past and the present. So here comes Takamichi back to the present. Now that Takamichi is back in the present, he is able to confirm with Naoto that the handshake is the, the trigger, and we learn about what happens to Takamichi's body while he's in the past. Apparently, Naoto wasn't for sure that the handshake will send him back. It was simply a hypothesis that he had, and Takamichi coming back and telling him what happened was able to confirm his, his hypothesis. And while Takamichi is in the past, his current body goes into a state of suspended animation, basically meaning that his body becomes an empty shell while his consciousness is in the past. And while his consciousness is in the past, Naoto lays his body down on a bed and then hooks him up to an IV so that way he, his body can still get everything that it needs to survive. They then have a small conversation about how the time travel works, and it does seem to be as limited as I had originally thought in one of the very first episodes. Takemichi goes back exactly 12 years into the past, meaning that all the time that he spends 12 years in the past, that time also passes in the present. So he can't go back any further than exactly 12 hours, he also can't go forward. Meaning that he really does only get one chance to do everything. This also makes it so that all the time that he spends in the past is time that he can't get back in the present. I'm not sure if this will become relevant at all, but it is an interesting thought. During their conversation, Takemichi mentions that he had met one of the members of the Tokemonji gang that he is supposed to meet, being Mikey or Sano Manjiro. And then to my surprise, uh, it turns out that Naoto had actually intended for Takemichi to kill one, one of the two. So Takemichi and I were both taken aback by Naoto's apparent murderous nature about this gang. Which does make a little bit of sense if you consider that A, they killed his sister, and then B, if this is actually true, there's a possibility that they also killed his father, if his father is in fact his predecessor. And to be honest, it would be a pretty effective way to make sure that he and the other guy don't meet. Just kill one of them. However, Takamichi does not have that same murderous bone in him. Instead, he actually wants to try to meet up with Mikey in the now present and figure out what exactly happened that caused the Tomen gang or the Tokyomanji gang to change so drastically. Since as far as Takemichi knows, Mikey is not the type of person who would cause the current Tokyo Manji gang. There had to have been something that happened that made him change the gang so much. Basically, Takemichi still believes in the goodness that he saw in Mikey 12 years in the past. According to Naoto, the police haven't actually been able to figure out where Mikey even is, or really anyone who's up there as far as the Tokyo Manji gang, so he's unable to actually get a meeting arranged for Mikey and Takamichi. One of the only people that the police were actually able to track down would be one of Takamichi's old friends, Akun. And according to Naoto, Akun was actually able to climb the ranks of the Tokyo Manji gang to join the upper echelon. This is when I realized that I had kind of wished that they had given us more information about what had happened to his friends in the original timeline before all of this time jumping stuff started. 
because I kind of do want to know if he was only able to climb the ranks because of Takamichi's relationship with Mikey in the past, or if this would have happened either way. We also don't know how much changed between Mikey and Takamichi after he jumped. Like, maybe once what I assume the old or the actual young consciousness of Takamichi took back over his body after he jumped back into the present may have messed things up between them and they're actually on really bad terms, including him and Akun. And this is when something else that is pretty interesting and possibly really important happens. According to Naoto, Akun had stabbed Kiyomizu and was arrested at the age of 16. However, as we know from the jump that Takamichi just did, that never actually happens. Akun never stabs Kiyomizu. Which then makes Naoto realize that he had actually changed the past. Which makes me a little bit curious on how many people might retain memories of past timelines. Because obviously, um, Takamichi does, because he keeps jumping between them. And now apparently Naoto does. Naoto has memories of a previous timeline that is no longer. In this new timeline that they've created, Aku never stabbed Kiyomizu and was never arrested, which may have been the reason that he was able to climb the ranks of the Tokyo Manji gang. But then the question comes on why does Naoto retain his memories of a timeline that's no longer a thing? Is it just because he is consciously aware of changes happening like he knows that Takamichi is going to go back and change things therefore he is able to retain the memories of other iterations of things that have happened or is it some other reason are there other people who are who are noticing discrepancies in between what they thought was happening and what's actually happening like is there going to be more of a butterfly effect showing up in this story Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait on those answers, if there are answers, since we're only at episode 4. There's still a lot more going on and a lot of time left to explore these questions that we have. Anyway, Naoto and Takamichi developed a plan to go and meet with Akun because Takamichi still really believes in Akun's character, that he's still a very nice guy, and they will always be friends. This is accompanied by a flashback that Takamichi has when he's talking with Akun at a bus stop and they're like, hey, if we grow up and go our separate ways, if we talk again after several years as adults, will things be different or will we be able to pick up right where we left off? To which Akun replies, they are friends for life. They will just pick up like nothing had ever changed. Fortunately, Naoto already has information on Akun and where to find him. Um, it turns out Akun now runs a very fancy and high-class hostess bar. However, they can't just walk into the hostess bar and expect to get a meeting with an upper echelon member of the Tokyo Manji gang and, well, the owner of the host bar. So they go back to Takamichi's house where Takamichi has an old like journal that had a bunch of stuff from when he was in, in middle school including Akun's number and luckily Akun hasn't changed his number in 12 years and was able to get a hold of him and set up a, a meeting this isn't too important to the story but it was pretty funny um 
Takamichi's house was so dirty that it was making Naoto, like, break out in hives and, like, made him, like, start cleaning his house for him. But they go to the hostess bar and Takamichi is super op optimistic about his visit with Akun. Considering it has been 12 years for Akun and, well, not as long for Takamichi, but he never got to meet the adult version of Akun. And Takamichi is beyond optimistic. Like, the type of optimism that makes you go, oh, something bad is about to happen. You know, it's it's the saying, like, what could possibly go wrong? And then everything goes wrong. And that kind of feeling was enforced when you start to notice that Naoto is also going inside with him. Now, I'm not an expert in negotiating or meeting up with gang members, but usually you don't want to bring a police officer inside with you. The host bar itself comes off as really fancy. They are first greeted by a whole line of women and another man there who seems to be directing them to where they need to go. After a little confusion from that man, they are eventually brought up to the VIP area where they are to meet with Akun. And this is where we finally get to see the adult version of Akun. And let me tell you, he has changed a lot. He used to have this really, I forget what the term is, like pompadour hair style. It was like all red and braided and it was like sticking out, but now he basically has like a buzz cut. It's, it's really short. Akun is also now sporting full tattoo arm sleeves and he's started to look a little bit frail. Like you can clearly see his cheekbones in his face. And Akun actually looks very happy to see Takamichi. Naoto and Takamichi had actually spent a little bit of time in the VIP area, just kind of talking for a bit. And apparently Akun had actually been there about the whole time, just kind of watching them. Because he missed him so much that he just wanted to just see him for a little Akun then asks Takamichi to walk with him outside so that way they can talk and catch up and he requests that Naoto stay inside. As soon as they're outside, Akun grabs Takamichi by the neck with his arm, pulls him in uh, just like they would have when they were kids and he very happily, almost playfully asks him how he's been and tries to catch up with him. They spend some time catching up and reminiscing about the past and then Takamichi has a bit of a slip of the tongue and he says, I guess for you it's been about 10 years. And as soon as he says that, Akun's facial expression goes from a bit of a wholesome, reminiscing smile to a much more serious-looking uh, facial expression. Takamichi then starts talking about how successful Akun seems to be, considering he's now in the upper echelon of the Tokyo Manji gang. He owns this fancy hostess bar and has all this money and these cars and all this kind of stuff. And Akun just turns to face the cityscape and says... Money can't buy everything in a very low, kind of sad type of voice. And that kind of set off a couple of alarms in my head of there's something wrong with Akun. He is not happy where he is. There is something going on. And then he asks Takamichi if the guy that's with him is a cop, meaning he knows about Naoto being a police officer. And then we got kind of a, a bomb dropped on us as far as information. I was definitely blindsided by this, but apparently the person who pushed Takamichi off the train tracks in the very first episode was 
Akun. It was Akun himself who pushed Takamichi with the intention of killing him. Akun then says that there was no way that he should have survived and that he should have died then. But somehow Naoto was there to save him almost as if he knew it was going to happen. And that's when he looks directly at Takamichi and asks him point blank to the face, can he travel back into the past? In response to this, Takamichi spends some time talking about how Akun used to be and about how they are friends. As if he forgets that when you go back into the past, things change. And the Akun that he knew back then may or may not be the Akun that he knows now. Even if he hadn't changed things, it's been 12 years since he's seen Akun. Akun could could and definitely seems to be a totally different person now. Hearing these words from Takamichi makes Akun sad. You can see his face start to tear up and his voice start to shake, as if he truly regretted what he had a attempted to do. And then Akun hits us with some more things. Uh, this one was a little bit more expected, but basically Akun serves directly under Kisaki. He says everyone of Tomen is directly under Kisaki, who is one of the people that couldn't meet the other, him and Sano or Mikey. That little bit confirms that Mikey is not the one who is in charge of the Tomen gang or the Tokyomanji gang, and it definitely confirms that the reason for the entire gang changing is the influence of Kisaki and his rise to power. Akun admits that he is rather scared of Kisaki. When he says it, he, like he he holds his arms and he shakes just thinking about Kisaki. Akun also hasn't even seen Mikey in years. And this is when Akun hits us with yet another bomb. A lot of them the this episode. But if you guys remember Mr. Tattoo Head, Vice Commander of the Tomen Gang, Draken or Draken I'll probably just pronounce it Draken going forward. Apparently, at some point, Draken dies, and Mikey completely changes after that. And all Akun would say about his death is that it shouldn't have had happened. And now, I might be thinking too deep into this, but it's possible that what he means by that is that Akun may have memories that contradict each other. Kind of like Naoto remembering that Akun had been arrested after stabbing uh, Kiyomasa at the age of 16. What I mean by that is, what if, in the original timeline, Draken doesn't die, but then because of something that Takamichi does in the past, Draken now does die, but Akun has memories of them both happening, and seems to realize that he's in the reality of when Draken does die. And since Akun is pretty confident that um, Takamichi can go back into the past. He's telling him about it. I think this is entirely possible considering that Naoto has the retained memories, but we don't know why. It could just be if you're aware of Takamichi's power, then maybe you start to get con uh, excuse me, conflicting memories. And since Akun meant to push Takamichi off the the ledge into the oncoming train and then started to think about was it due to time travel that he was able to be saved and then with that train of thought it allowed him to gain those conflicting memories if that makes sense and during this entire conversation at some point Akun hops up on top of the ledge at the roof of the building and once again Takamichi and I start to have the same reactions of 
what are you doing there? You should get down before something bad happens. And from atop of that ledge, Akun delivers the line of, is the one you want to go into the past to save him? Please save everyone, our crybaby hero. And then that's when Akun jumps off of the ledge, off the building, and plummets into the streets below. And I gotta admit, this was something I didn't expect happening going into it. Um, but I think there are some context clues here that we might be able to figure out uh, for it to make a little bit more sense. It's obviously a very sad and heartbreaking moment. And Takamichi spends time crying on the roof until the camera pans to the side a little bit. It might be a different roof. And there's somebody standing there with a fancy hairdo and fancy clothes. And they just kind of grunt and push up their glasses. Then a little bit of time passes and Takamichi and Naoto are now talking on like a emergency fire escape. And Takamichi asks Naoto to find out about the day that Draken was killed. And that's where the episode ends. Now there are a couple of things I want to go back and talk about during the whole roof scene with Akun. Now, it's pretty obvious that Akun is not satisfied or happy with the life that he is currently living. And I would imagine that a large part of this is due to how Kisaki is running the Toman gang. And Akun impressively was pretty well informed or had really good ideas about their whole meeting here and about what's going on with Takamichi, about how he's able to now time travel with the goal to save someone. However, Akun doesn't seem to understand what Takamichi's true intentions are as far as who he's going to save. And this shows in one of the final lines before he jumps. Akun seems to believe that Takamichi's goal is to save either Mikey or Draken. I'm not sure which one he intended, but the last words that he says are, you know, is your goal to save him? When we know as the audience that Takemichi's true goal is to save Hinata. And the way that he delivered this line, I, I can't help but think that there may be maybe like a, a little bit of jealousy in his voice. And the fact that he thinks that Takemichi's goal is to save Draken or Mikey and not him. Because quite obviously, Akun feels like he needs saving. He's in a situation he doesn't want to be in and he's not happy. However, I think the real thing that we should be looking at, or maybe not we should be looking at, but something that I think we might be able to get some more context out of is his actual reason for jumping. The very first idea that I, I had about this was related to his last line of save everybody, which would include him. So maybe he jumped in hopes to give more motivation or something else along those lines to Takamichi to go again into the past and change how things turn out. But there's also the possibility that he jumped out of sheer guilt. Guilt of the things that he's done in the past, about Draken's death, or even about how he pushed one of his best friends, Takamichi, off a platform to get hit by Trainkun. And as usual, there's a, a, a possibility that we'll never know the real reason why he, he jumped. Those are just a couple of possibilities or ideas that I was able to, to come up with. A small mystery that we do have that is more than likely uh, story relevant is who that man was who was watching the whole situation happen. 
Now, there's a possibility that it could have been Kisaki himself, although I very, very highly doubt it, or just another um, upper echelon member who was watching it happen. Uh, like, Akum was maybe f forced to, to jump in some capacity, like somebody was after him, someone in the Tomen game was after him because Akun had done something against, like, gang rules or something like that. Or it was another one of their friends from 12 years ago. Um, I guess we're just going to have to wait for that one. But at this point, it's pretty obvious as to who slash what was the reason for the Tomen or the Tokyomanji gang uh, changing so drastically. And now Takamichi has a growing list of people to save. It's no longer just Hinata. It's now Draken, and it's now Akun. And if my thoughts are correct, it's also Naoto and Hinata's father. But these are just my thoughts on this episode. There's still a lot to go, and all we can do now is just wait or read the manga, but I kind of like watching this weekly. Uh, if you have any thoughts or you agree with, with my thoughts and you want to talk about it or anything like that, please reach out to me on Twitter or YouTube comments or Reddit or even Twitch. I believe I'm at Dork's Dungeon. Uh, for all those except for Twitter, I believe it's at Dork's Dungeon 1. But thank you, Dorks, for watching or listening, and I will see y'all in the next one.